when I sit down to a Shabbos table and meet new guests and they find out that I'm a dietitian, I will get a thousand question follow-ups. I have to always put out a disclaimer. I'm not giving any weight loss advice today. Not on Shabbos, please. Dietitians then come in and say, wait a second. I see that the nurse checked off that this patient is tube fed or this patient has lost 10 pounds in one month. These are criteria that a dietitian needs to be seen immediately. I would recommend it hands down. Hands down, it is such a beautiful career that works so well with a home life. It really is. I've met many, many orthodox dietitians. We are not far and few. There's many of us. This is Career Forum. I'm Figi Barth, Director of Development for Sarah Schneer Institute. Choosing a career path can be so challenging. So many questions, so many things to think about. Who do you turn to for reliable information? Where do you go to hear about the experiences of others? Fortunately, you're in the right place, because here on Career Forum, we have answers. Get ready to hear from top professionals who will share their journeys with you and give you a candid inside look into the many aspects of their fields. This is knowledge you won't find anywhere else. Our next guest is Tali Mizrahi. Tali's here to share with us that the impact of a registered dietitian goes well beyond reading nutrition labels. So what do dietitians do and how do they get there? There's a lot to cover and we have a smorgasbord of questions prepared to help us all learn more about where the field of nutrition can take you. Tali, welcome to Career Forum. Hi, thanks for having me on. So Tali, where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in New York, specifically Brooklyn. I started my education in Brooklyn. I pursued my bachelor's, my master's, and my dietetic internship at Brooklyn College, and then began my career as a dietitian. A real Brooklyn girl. Did you grow up from Tally? We grew up modern Orthodox. As I grew older, I became more religious, and it's currently where I hold. Did you always know you wanted to be a dietitian? Did you envision other career paths? I actually did not envision being a dietitian. This is plan Z, honestly. Plan A was to become a pediatrician and somewhere between the lines of taking my medical prerequisites, I realized that there is a lack of nutrition in the medical field in itself and the understanding of it and how it plays such a huge role in a person's health. So I think as I took my prerequisites, I realized I switched my major quickly and started to go down the path of nutrition. So you're saying that your actual schooling towards becoming a pediatrician led you to realize that there was this hole in the understanding of health. Absolutely. It really still is. If you speak with any intern or resident, they'll tell you in medical school, they take one class of nutrition and it's really lacking in the whole medical field. And that's where there's a huge gap that needs to be filled by educated people to present this information and how beneficial it can be towards patients. So can you tell us a little bit more about your schooling? Once you switched kind of tracks towards this, towards this dietitian field, what did your schooling look like? Was it rigorous? You know, how long did it take? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So the great part about nutrition and the medical field is, of course, you need the same prerequisites, the same biology, chemistry, organic chemistry, and so on. 
it did include shifting the focus away from the generic biology or chemistry that pre-med students do to more of a nutrition track. So I was already on track. It didn't affect timeline at all. It just literally was an internal decision to say, I'm no longer focusing on biology and I'm now focusing on nutrition and I'll continue down taking my required classes to obtain my bachelor's. While doing my bachelor's, what was mandated to finish my bachelor's was to keep a portfolio of the classes. So that had to become a little bit more important to keep class notes, class essays, to present this portfolio upon graduation. From there, I shifted and applied for my master's in nutrition, which again, is, you know, just to obtain your master's is a 10 classes, 30 credits. And during that process, you can either have the option to apply for your dietary internship, or you can do it after your master's. So you can do it concurrently with your master's, which really, again, saves time, or you can spread it out. I think the only part, the only rigorous part of this, you know, schooling in itself, of course, is, is the generic, how much you put in towards it is how much you're going to get out. But the rigorous part comes at the end in your dietary internship. You are required to give over a 40-hour work week with some projects, contingent on whatever school you attend, you know, and the workload. But it was very easy to maintain my workload, my home life while I was in the internship. Now, was this a paid internship or this is part of the schooling process unpaid? It is. Unfortunately, it's not a paid internship. So you are fulfilling those hours unpaid and you do need to pay for schooling at the same time. Again, contingent on the program that you go to, prices can vary drastically. Now, once you finished your whole schooling process, where did you find that that schooling took you? What were your next steps after school? After my dietetic internship, I then qualified to sit for my boards soon after, weeks after, really. Uh, schooling prepared us as a, as a class, and my fundamentals in my clinical setting. Throughout your internship, you have to divide your hours into clinical, research, community, and you really grasp a full knowledge of the nutrition world and how valuable a dietitian is in that world and the different roles they can play. So after I took my boards and passed, I just started applying to different hospitals. I knew that was the direction I wanted to take always. I wanted to be in that hospital setting. I love the fast pace that goes on there, the constant problem solving that you must come up with, the different diagnoses, different diseases that you've never even heard of, you know, let alone get to see in a hospital setting. So soon after, I applied for positions and I started my career at Staten Island Hospital. So you mentioned that that was kind of where you saw yourself in your schooling, in your training. You already said, this is where I want to go. I want to go with this hospital route. So what did that look like in your day to day? Can you tell us more about your hospital life? You know, we all have a certain picture of what we see as a hospital. But when you're in the trenches, what did your day look like? So the great part about being a dietitian, really and truly, it is a 40-hour work week, and you don't take work home with you. So unlike the rest of the hospital world, where they are spending many hours on a rotation, 
and taking home, you know, the workload with them, a dietitian can stop right there. Of course, you always have your late admissions, but it's not the norm. Your day starts at nine, ends at five, or starts at eight, ends at four, you know, which was really great because you were working the same hours as the rest of the world. So we would sit down in the morning, review our caseloads. There are certain criteria when someone is admitted to the hospital. Nurses then complete this admission form. And based on some of that criteria, what's generated is a score. And based on that score, dietitians then come in and say, wait a second, I see that the nurse checked off that this patient is tube fed or this patient has lost 10 pounds in one month. These are criteria that a dietitian needs to be seen immediately to resolve these issues and to understand what's going on with the patient and how to help proceed further. So were you working with one specific type of patient or were you the general dietitian for the overall hospital? So in a hospital setting, most managers will split the dietitian per the unit. So each unit in a hospital setting, of course, covers different types of patients. You have your cardiology, you know, you have kidney, you have pediatrics, the NICU, all over the place. And of course, contingent on the hospital, what their specialty is there. For instance, at Staten Island Hospital, they have a burn unit, which is very rare. There's only a few in the city. So it was great to experience that because burns require such a delicate balance of nutrition. Your skin is healing and you're losing so much hydration. You need to replenish it constantly. So it, w- it was great to be in a hospital setting where my manager would assign us a floor for a few months, get comfortable, get acclimated with the staff. You, you know, you need to become best friends with all the staff in the hospital in order to really like do very well in your position and gain respect. And then after a few months, our manager would say, hey, would you like an opportunity to learn a new field and to learn something really new that you can contribute? So you had a lot of diverse experiences within the hospital setting. Was there a particular floor that spoke to you more than another? Oh, of course, the pediatric floor. I was gunning for it the minute I walked in. And... <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a specialty. It really is. If you get lucky in your internship, you might be placed in a hospital with a really great pediatric floor. Or during your schooling, you might have a great professor that teaches you all about how to treat pediatrics and, and children because their nutrition status is so different than a, an adult, let alone a, an adult with a disease, too. So I was really shooting for it, and I had some great mentors, and my manager was really awesome and and let me rotate through that floor and try to stay on there as much as possible. I had great coworkers along the way that were like, just take the floor and run with it. I'm curious, did you find that there was danger associated with the job? Did you have experiences where you were called on to help a patient that were extremely time sensitive or put you in a situation where you had to think very, very quickly how to help a patient? Absolutely. As a dietitian, there are many times that things are time sensitive, but you don't feel the life-threatening time sensitivity. If a person goes into cardiac arrest, there's no reason a dietitian needs to be in the room. The doctors are going to work on resuscitating and the nurses are going to be providing medications along the way. Nobody's asking to feed the patient at that moment. No one's asking for a hamburger. Uh, <laughs> you know, 
But on the flip side, you know, you can have a newborn baby, a NICU baby. So these are babies that are not born well and their immediate need for nutrition is very vital for their survival. So what you're going to need to do is really try as soon as possible to calculate their needs, their hydration needs. Um, NICU babies are sensitive and obviously don't necessarily have the skills to suck from a bottle or it may not even be appropriate to put a tube down their nose or throat to feed them tube feed. So the third type of nutrition, which is through an IV, is called TPN. With TPN, you actually are playing with the electrolytes of a baby. So that is extremely, extremely sensitive. You need to be careful in how much potassium or sodium you're giving a baby, let alone an adult as well, to ensure that you're not affecting their electrolyte imbalance, which actually can cause severe side effects. So it sounds like the NICU was a more, there was a more delicate aspect that you were dealing with there as opposed to the rest of the pediatrics that you encountered. Absolutely. I mean, we're dealing with babies that are a pound, a pound and 25 weeks old. It's, they're teeny. So how do you find the work-life balance? You know, a from woman is balancing so many responsibilities and wearing so many hats. And I feel like a question that people are always wondering when looking into any field is, how can I make this work while still raising a family? So how do you find that being a registered dietitian works with raising a family? I have to say Yad Hashem is in everything that there is. And I'm actually happy that I didn't choose the career of a pediatrician and I chose the career of a dietitian because I knew how well it would fit into a home life balance. My hours are the same as the children's hours. So that would mean leaving the same time as they do for school and returning the same time when they come home. I'm home for dinner and I'm home to do school and any other projects and put everyone to bed at night without having to feel the time crunch of getting a project done or did I leave something unresolved. Again, most dietitians are working those eight hours and leaving it at the place of where they work. Again, you know, of course, there's always extenuating circumstances. An admission came in late and they need something at that moment. You're just about to walk out the door and it will happen, but it's very far and few times, in my experience at least, which allowed for a beautiful, beautiful relationship between home and work. Kind of like a well-balanced diet. Very much so. Very, very (laughs) much so. And if you hit a great hospital, you know, dietitians do cover seven days a week. So what that would mean for an Orthodox Jew like myself is that I would not cover Shabbos. I would need to cover maybe more Sundays than my coworkers. But my most recent position was at St. Mary's Children's Hospital where dietitians were only required five days a week. So I didn't have to sacrifice my Sundays anymore. So it even made my home work life a thousand times better to gain back my Sundays. Let's say somebody was looking for a more part-time option and they still wanted to go into this field, but they didn't want to necessarily commit to a full work week. Is there room in this field for a more part-time option? Absolutely. Any hospital you're going to go to, part-time, per diem, uh, remember, people need vacation. <laughs> so unless you want to you know, work <laughs> your employees with double the workload to cover the person on vacation or on a sick day, uh, you don't want to do that to your staff. So you do have a dietitian that's part-time or per diem and picks up 
those shifts that a dietitian is out for. And those positions usually, they're not committed to one unit. So the great part, the really great part about a part-time is that you get to see the whole hospital. So before we move on to other positions that might be available in this field, while we're still talking about the hospital, how is the pay like at the hospital? Is there room for growth over there? And how does a part-time pay compare to a full-time pay? So the pay scale um, obviously varies based on years experience, and there is a certain level of education that many facilities will reimburse for. Uh, some hospitals are union-based. Again, that's that's really helpful because you know you're going to get that yearly bonus. And some hospitals are private contracted. They'll bring in the dietitians. It's according to the facility. I found that the pay as I grew in my career and switched facilities did increase. My master's also increased my pay a little bit. There is growth in the facility in the hospital setting It may not be within the hospital staff as a dietitian, like within the units, but what you can do is you can then become a manager of a team of dietitians in a hospital setting. Now let's talk about some other positions that might be available with this degree. Let's say somebody feels, you know, a hospital's not for me, but I love people and I'm fascinated by the science, I'm fascinated by nutrition. What options might be available for someone like that? There's many. Uh, the nutrition field is up and growing tremendously. Uh, you can see it on social media. It's become ginormous. Or even our local paper. We have three dietitians writing for our local paper. Which paper are you referring to, Tali? Uh, the Five Towns Jewish Journal, right? Eliza Beer will write mm-hmm. for it, Cindy mm-hmm. Weinberg. And then I think there's another one that just started to rotate through. So uh, when are you going to be joining them, Tali? <laughs> I can't say I'm the greatest writer, so I don't know. I may not do that. But in the field of nutrition, if someone wanted to kind of hit a different angle than a clinical setting, there's many opportunities. You can work in a WIC office, actually. So you're still helping people. And again, your focus is on children. But it's not as severe as a clinical setting. You are seeing their charts. You're, you're monitoring growth. You're monitoring their diseases, if any, but you're not going to see the gory parts of a hospital. You won't see people walking around with IVs. So that's a great part where you can be part of the nutrition process for the child and for the mother. Another great area that someone can enter in is private practice and that you could set your own limits. You know, you can actually specialize as a person in private practice. There are many people that specialize in maybe nutrition for mommies, just mommies, just pregnant mommies, because that in itself is a whole field. Or for the big one is weight loss that everyone gets into, or you can specialize in pediatrics. Uh, A great colleague I worked with who really I, I learned so much from, she started her career as a private practice dietitian that only specialized in children with uh, chronic diseases. So these were not overweight children. These were children that were bed-bound, wheelchair-bound, tube-fed, and had very complicated diseases. So when she came to work with me in my facility, I learned tremendous amount from her and how she treated so many patients in a home setting. So she took this knowledge of chronic diseases and she made it into her own private business. She did, and she enjoyed it tremendously. Uh, She built so many relationships with so many uh, doctors and 
can just rattle off names of specialists and, and who would be perfect for a child who's in the home setting that the parents are taking care of and don't necessarily need the care of a hospital setting. So for somebody looking maybe to eventually build some sort of private practice, what would be some advice that you would give someone like this? Don't burn bridges. <laughs> That's always a good one, Tali. <laughs> it's hard to say because I, I dabbled in it a little bit and it private practice is hard to maintain in my eyes personally. Uh, you have to be 100% committed to start private practice. You need to build relationships. You need to spread your name. You need to do everything that you can to kind of build who you are and what you stand for. You know, I think it's great that when people enter into the field of nutrition or being a dietitian, when you walk out of school, the great part is, is that you're not necessarily specializing in anything. As you grow in the field and you work in the facilities that you work in, I think your interests really start to hone in into what you want to do. Some dietitians just like it all and will always remain in that place. And some will just start to really, really focus. I think most dietitians do start to really hone in and start to focus on one specific field and really become experts in that field. And you feel that the schooling process kind of helps you get those diverse experiences that can open your eyes to some of these different opportunities within the field. I think schooling gives our foundation. I think without a strong foundation, the house will fall. So if you don't have that required knowledge of what's behind your decisions as a dietitian and why you're doing what you're doing in a hospital setting or in any setting, without that, why would you gain respect from your patients? They, you wouldn't be able to adequately help them. Schooling is so necessary in this process to maintain that level of information and knowledge. As a dietitian, you need to continue your schooling to maintain your credentials. You must maintain 75 credits every five years. So you need to continue to read your research articles or watch your webinars because the field is ever growing and ever changing. That's interesting. You're saying that you, you're constantly required to keep learning. It's not enough to just have your degree and coast on that. You have to constantly be upping your knowledge in the field. Absolutely. Think of the whole controversy over eggs. I'm sure we've all heard, is it good? Is it not good? And every few years they switch back and forth. And currently they're saying eggs are great for you. And the cholesterol is all the cakes and cookies that people eat. <laughs> That's always the enemy <laughs> or the friends, however you look at it. Right. So can we talk numbers a little bit, Tali? Let's talk about a starting salary. What might a starting salary look like for a registered dietitian? Uh, I do think it is a competitive salary. Um, I'm, I'm sure that starting rates now probably are around 60, 65 and can go up to 75, 80, again, based on experience, based on education, uh, maybe based on position in the hospital setting. I think you're talking about maybe 35 to 40 an hour in a hospital setting. If you were to go in early intervention, which is the zero to three range, uh, you're talking more 65 an hour. If you specialize in diabetes, again, you're you're talking more. I don't know the exact number for that one, but I do know that if a dietitian goes on to specialize in diabetes, specifically, they can earn a little bit more money. In general, do you find that the more you're specialized, the more room for growth there is in terms of pay? I think some facilities honor that for sure. Our crediting agency, the Academy of Dietetics and Nutrition, 
they allow for growth in the field and you can specialize. Specializing means, again, fulfilling a certain amount of hours, logging them, and then taking your boards. And you must retake your boards every five years to maintain your specialty. A lot of facilities do like to see this. It will give you the leg up when you do apply for a job. And uh, some specialties, like I said before, diabetes, will likely have more growth for more income. That position, becoming a CDE, Certified Diabetes Educator, is only for nurses and for dietitians. So many doctor's offices will hire a dietitian to fulfill that role. Let's say somebody looking to go into this field. What are some of the skills some of the qualities that you see them needing in order to enjoy this field and be successful in this field. Can you give me maybe your top two or three? I think being passionate and empathetic are two of the greatest parts that I had to contribute to this field and helped along the way. I had a passion to help people and and the empathy really helped because people are in a, a very vulnerable state when they're in the hospital setting you're far from home, you don't feel well, and you just need a friend to sit with you. Uh, you don't need the doctor coming in and, you know, giving unfortunate news or, you know, being told, I'm sorry, you have to stay here a little longer or, or being hungry because you're like, I don't like this food. You need to come in with open ears and open minds and just listen. So it's so much more than just the knowledge that you bring in. It's really just that human aspect, like connecting as a person and and showing that you care. Absolutely. I've had so many patients cry, so many family members cry, and I'm just a dietitian. I'm not delivering bad news. I'm just here to educate, to inform, to motivate someone to make some small life changes that, that really might benefit them. Here is someone with a listening ear coming in. So what would you define as, you know, your most rewarding aspect of this field? If you are looking back at your, at your entire career so far to this point, what do you find so far has been your most rewarding aspect? You get to see immediate reward, especially when I was working in the NICU. You are seeing the growth of the child immediately from day to day, from week to week with NICU babies we're constantly checking their weights, constantly reassessing how many calories they're receiving. And throughout such a short period of time, just like any baby, uh, you see the growth right away and how much the effect you have as a clinician, as a dietitian, in their growth and their survival from the NICU. Wow, you really, it's very results oriented. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, what about, because you know, nothing in life is perfect, What have been maybe some of your more challenging aspects of this career? So I think when it comes to the clinical setting, unfortunately, as valuable as dietitians are, I do think a lot of the older staff, a lot of the older physicians who already are set in their their ways don't necessarily have room for a dietitian. You know, of course, we're respected as people. You, You know, you get respect if you give respect. But I don't know if they valued the information as much as more of the younger uh, physicians coming into the field or the interns or the residents who really are like sponges and just want to know everything. I found that to be challenging and, and across the board in all facilities. But like any other place that you're going to work at, older experienced staff are going to be set in their ways. So it doesn't feel like it's any different if I was a teacher 
like a new teacher compared to a teacher who's, you know, been there for 20 years and has seen every child and every difficulty a child can go through. So I do feel that can really be a deterrent sometimes when you work so hard on a case and you're like, wait, I have some great advice here. And they're like, well, thanks, but we're going to go with our ideas. Do you find that that is a preconceived notion across the board about this field? Or do you find that that is more limited to the hospital setting? I think I find it more so in the hospital setting with senior staff. I'm not finding it with younger staff members. But no, I think the world is open. When I sit down to a Shabbos table and meet new guests and they find out that I'm a dietitian, I will get a thousand question follow-ups. I have to always put out a disclaimer. I'm not giving any weight loss advice today. <laughs> not on Chavez, please. <laughs> definitely, um, definitely not on Chavez. As I'm eating my piece of cake. <laughs> but it's. I think overall the world is really moving into this place where they value their, their health and they are just want to be so much more knowledgeable about it. Is there anything that you wish that going into this field you knew beforehand? Were there any surprises along the way from what you had envisioned? I don't think so. I don't think I was surprised in any way. I think it was very straightforward in how it was laid in my mind. You know, it, again, being a dietitian and in the clinical setting, as much as I love it, uh, was the end plan. At first, when I started my master's, I was doing research and I loved it. And then I realized I just love being around people more than test tubes and moved into that field. But I think as I grew as a person and taking my prerequisites and growing in the field, I don't think I ever encountered any surprises at all. I think everything just seemed to flow pretty easily from schooling to the internship because the internship prepares you 1000% to be in your clinical setting. There is a part, again, of that internship that you must fulfill in a clinical setting, whether it be a nursing home or a hospital. And I think based on that, if you choose your career path down that direction, you're not surprised. You know exactly what you need to do. Your preceptors have already prepared you and how to lay out your day. What is your day going to look like? How much time do you need for note-taking or to look up the patient's medical information before you walk into the room so you don't walk in blindly and be like, hello, Mr. Smith, I forgot what I need to ask you. Other than that, you're prepared. You're prepared all the way through. You know, my internship really allowed me to come out of this place of shyness and speaking with strangers about their personal information. Uh, So when I started my first job, I was very comfortable to walk in and and say, hi, you know, my name is Tali and and I'm here to help you try to make some small changes today. Is this a field that you would recommend for from girls who are just looking to see what they want to do and have interest in this direction? I would recommend it hands down, hands down. Uh, Again, it is such a beautiful career that works so well with a home life. It really is. I've met many, many Orthodox dietitians. We are not far and few. There's many of us in the tri-state area too. I've been to many seminars across the country and lo and behold, I'm sitting next to also another girl in a wig in Texas and we're looking at each other and we're like, all right, let's let's try to find some kosher food after this. Um, (laughs) But only healthy food, of course. Of course, of course. What I would say is, though, you do need to commit the time to the education and the career. So don't just choose it if it's kind of your fallback plan. It's not that type of career. 
you don't want to be spending money and time and just, you know, walk away at the end of it and be like, oh, never mind. You know, put the time in. You know, if you're passionate about it, go for it. Go all the way through. You also never know where the career could lead you. Right now, I am being led into the world of early intervention. I'm coming out of my clinical setting that I love and that I know, but right now my life has changed. I have five beautiful children that are my focus. And in order to continue my career, uh, I'm going down the path of early intervention and making my own hours, which will really help me. So just going back to your original plan as, you know, this dreaming of being a pediatrician, it sounds like this love for children has really taken you all the way through from your time in the hospital. And then even till now, your next step you're seeing is going to be a little slower pace and but still working with those little ones. Absolutely. It's my passion. It's really my field of interest. I went on to become certified in pediatrics. And during my career, I fulfilled the hours uh, working with the pediatric population, and I then qualified to sit down for my boards. Tali, this has been really informative. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we wish you all the best going forward in this amazing career. I mean, thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you for joining us on Career Forum. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends so that we can continue to provide quality information that helps you make informed decisions about your future. To explore possible career options, to speak to a career advisor, or to learn more about Sarah Schneer, please visit our website at www.sarasch.com or call us at 718 618- 633-8557-Extension 37 and discover how we can help you achieve your career goals.